What are the chances that Mackie Semaskevich makes the opening night roster? We're going to discuss this more on today's Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this. Wednesday, September 6th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on X at Man 12 Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird, Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free water bottle with any order. You won't wait, want to take your Bird Dogs off. We... So, Cats fans, it is a Wednesday, which means it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. And not only is it a Winans Wednesday, but... The man is back stateside from across the world. Jacob Winans is here. Jacob, welcome back to Locked On Panthers and back home. Thanks for having me. Um, super excited to get back to it. Um, had a ton of travel, trying to shake off the jet lag, but always always ready to talk some hockey. Yeah, 12 hours difference uh, between you and I yeah. and even recording one of the shows with us being 12 hours apart, but very thankful that you and I were able to, to do, to do so when you were over there in the Philippines and just one word, only, only a few words that I know in Tagalog, which is Mahal Kita, which means, uh, I love you. So the, those are the only yep. few words that I know in, in that language, but let's, let's go right into the hockey here on today's, uh, show. So training camp is approaching and we are just maybe from this time, two weeks away from the start with an expected time of September 19th or 20th. Likely September 19th is media day. September 20th will be the start of training camp for the Florida Panthers. And it just, I, I ran a poll today on, on the locked on Florida Panthers, Twitter and Instagram or X, excuse me. Uh, and just asking the question, what are the chances that Mackie Semaskevich uh, makes the NHL roster on opening night. And let's also rewind a little bit to development camp that Jordy Kinnear, the head coach of the Charlotte Checkers, who had some time to work with Mackie Semaskevich, who Mackie went through th- three different types of postseasons in, in a few months span with Michigan, the Charlotte Checkers, and of course being a black ace with the Florida Panthers. So a lot of, a lot of, he was kind of like a sponge, especially when when he was with the Florida Panthers to their run to the Stanley Cup final. Got a, got a few games in him when he was signed that PTO with the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, played with them in the postseason as well. Uh, did not did not register a goal, but he was definitely someone who drove play for the Checkers. But I, I just want to ask you, Jacob, what? Uh, and the thing is, I know what your answer is because I saw that you voted on the Instagram uh, part of the. Of, of the poll, but 
tell the audience what your chances, what the chances are of Mackie Semeskevich making the opening night roster. Yeah. So the, my vote, um, as you saw was, I, I put it at a percentage chance between 26 and 50%. Um, personally, I think it's sub 50. Um, I, I think there's no reason to rush him. I think you've got enough, uh, enough in the, the forward lines, um, where you can, you can start the year and let him marinate in the AHL. Um, whether he starts with the big club or not, I think it's a foregone conclusion. He will definitely play NHL hockey this year at some point. Um, but for me, I, I think he starts in the AHL because I think Grigory Denisenko gets the nod early. Uh, I think he's going to get the first crack at uh, at making the the roster as, a, as an extra forward or even getting a shot on the third line. Um, I think Grigory Denisenko's game uh, is is better suited to play in the bottom six than Mackie Samuskevich. And if there's no opportunity in the top six for Mackie, uh, I don't think you put him on a fourth line and let him grind away. Uh, I think he needs to be a skilled player, develop his skill. And if he can play top six minutes in Charlotte versus bottom six minutes in Florida, you let him play those top six minutes. Uh, so for me, I think he starts in Charlotte. Um, now, the reason why I didn't say it's a zero, zero chance is because um, we never know what the injury situation is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Panther fans, we have seen some training camps where we've suffered some pretty devastating injuries and, and guys who weren't expected to make the team made the team and played a lot. Um, now, obviously, we, we hope we don't have any situation like that, but you never know. And if there are injuries, if there's a skill player that goes down and misses some time, I think Mackey is probably first in line uh, as far as a, a, skill, a skilled player call up to slot into the top six. Um, and also there's a, there's always a chance that he explodes in preseason plays really well and you just can't you can't send him down uh which uh that not saying that's going to happen but it could happen um so i don't think you put it all the way at zero but i i think uh, if everything goes according to plan i think the plan is for him to go to charlotte start the year there play a lot, ton of top 6 minutes develop his game and the panthers forward lines will be just fine while he while he continues his progression yeah, and like you said, you said it best with uh, with Mackey. He's the guy who you're, you're you want to give him those top uh, top line minutes, especially to to give himself a, a a chance for for scoring opportunities as well as far as uh, putting some seasoning on his game. And the difference between him and an Anton Lundell is when you're when Anton Lundell spent that season in Liga, that's like the closest thing to professional hockey. They, like Mackey Semeskevich hasn't had that just yet. And you want to get that 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 little that little bit of knowing what the pace is like. And yeah, he's had seven games, seven postseason games with uh, the Charlotte Checkers to get a little bit of that taste. But seven games is only so much of a sample size as as well for that. And yeah, you said um, I the the poll for the listeners who are not on X or Instagram, the 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 poll was zero to twenty five, twenty six to fifty, fifty one to seventy five, and seventy six to one hundred. The majority of the poll on both X and Instagram, uh, majority of people said 26 to 50 percent. And and listen, this isn't a knock on the player. I just think it's, it comes down to the whole roster crunch of the of the team as well. Like, let's also be honest. This is a team coming off the Stanley Cup final. Uh, they, 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 they aren't in a position to. I'm not saying they're in a de- um, position to that. You still need to develop while you're con- contending for for a cup but it's not it's not a point where you're a, a lottery team in the top 5 who you can just plug right right away you don't have to do that in, in the panthers situation so you, you you can you can be a little patient with uh with the Mackie Semeskevich 
with Gregorian Tetsenko being on a one-way deal, you get you get that uh, you get that opportunity to give him give him the the chance on the third or fourth line as well. And you know this is a this is a this is a final chance that Denisenko is going to have. You're 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 not you're not running out of chances for Maki Samuskevich. His career is just getting started as well. So you have that opportunity opportunity there. And uh, Spencer Knight uh, as well. When when he first came on on the scene. He was uh he didn't play any um any AHL games uh just just yet until until later down the line as well he he, he was for the most part he was with the NHL team, uh but but you know he was going as the season was ending as well but I mean so did Maki Samuskevich but you know you know it's different with goalies and how you treat them versus uh versus uh forward so the the way you just view uh things as well and how you have somebody see um to as far as trying to season them is uh is uh, a lot different for a forward versus a goaltender as well so a lot of a lot of patience that the panthers will have to have to have with Mackey. and like you said if he explodes on the scene there might be a situation where you can't you can't uh uh cut him from the uh nhl roster as well so uh thankfully the, the majority of the same group is coming back so so we we won't need to worry about it and it's better that Mackie's getting that playing time versus being a healthy scratch every single night so he needs the reps in in, in charlotte for sure but we're going to transition over to segment number two where we're going to discuss uh, a little bit of something that the shl is conducting as far as interpretation when it comes to calls we're going to discuss that and more here on the locked on florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about bird dogs and bird dogs make you look good bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dogs shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches so you can get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs are functional on any occasion go to birddogs.com slash locked on hl or it's a promo code locked on hl at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on hl for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you segment number two here on this wednesday September 6th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day, especially here on a Wyans Wednesday. And I want to say a public um, congratulations to Brandon Montour and Adam Henrique for raising 100K in their charity golf tournament that, uh, th- this uh, past week. So congratulations to them. And if you are a Florida Panthers slash Marlins fan, you could catch Sam Reinhart throw out the first pitch tonight at the Mar- uh, Miami Marlins versus Los Angeles Dodgers game as it's Florida Panthers day at the ballpark as they will be giving out a uh, a shirt that says 1993 with half of it Florida Panthers colors half of it Miami Marlins colors so a, a chance to celebrate both teams in in one night so Jacob uh so the SHL is doing something different uh this season on uh and they are going to the point where they are interviewing their officials as far as when it comes to 
making calls, especially when it comes to reviews. And this is something that uh, BR Open Ice uh, posted, but they did not provide video of the interview. So I did not get to see an interview uh, based on based on that ex- of the actual explanation. It's not about whether it's yes or no. Should the NHL do it? I think we know the answer to that, but it's it's about the why mostly. And I want to hear your explanation first on why you think the NHL should uh, should uh, implement this in their league. And also, also the question, do you think they end up doing it? I think we also know that answer too, but I'll give you the floor for that. Yeah, so it, it's an obvious, yes, they, they need to do this. And uh, we're past time for for adding this to, to um, the NHL. And if, I, if you ask me if I think they will, of course they won't. Um, the NHL is 100% going to protect their officials. They're going to shield them from as much criticism and controversy as they possibly can, uh, unless it slaps them in the face, like Tim Peel getting caught on a hot mic, uh, planning a penalty. Um, yep. At that point, you can't really do anything about it. Um, but until until someone slips up like that again, the NHL refs are not going to face a ton of accountability. And it's, it's really a shame because I think uh, hockey, more than any other sport, the refs really can determine the outcome of a game um, because goals are hard to come by and a, a missed penalty or, or a penalty that uh, is called that shouldn't be called that can, that can change a game that can change a season. Um, I mean, look at the Panthers. If, if uh, the, the Panthers lose to the Bruins in game seven on that David Posternock dive uh, where he, he didn't actually get hit with the high stick dives and draws the power play. The Panthers lose that that series because of that that missed call. We're talking about it all off season. Uh, we've seen it happen before. The Trocheck was tripped. Imagine if if the referee had to answer questions after that game about why did you not call that tripping. Uh, I think I think refs would be a lot more careful uh, about the calls they make. I think it would it would increase accountability. If uh, it's the same way a player, if a player has a bad game, he doesn't get to hide from the media. He has to. He has to face the media. He has to answer questions about uh, about his performance, and I think refs are no different. Uh, refs determine the outcome of games almost as much as players do in some cases, and the fact that they get to do that um, without without any any kind of accountability or having to answer questions about about their performance, their rationale, uh, I think I, I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit unfair. Uh, but I will also say that it doesn't have to completely be a negative thing either. Um, yes. A lot of times, referees get get the calls right, uh, and and the same way a player can be commended for having a great game, and and questions are asked in the post game about uh, their positive performance. The same could be said to and about referees as well, because there are a lot of tough calls that referees make or don't make, and uh, there's no there's no way that those would go unnoticed, and that these press conferences would just be bad. Uh, a a well officiated game would definitely be recognized, and. Uh, I think I think exposing referees to to post game media, uh, I think it's fair, and I also think it, it it has positives and negatives for refs, but it's it's something that players have to deal with, and and uh, and referees I think are should be no different uh, in that aspect. I think it would it would help it would help the game, it would help transparency, it would help accountability, and quite honestly, it would offer fans uh, a much better perspective of what goes into officiating a game and what the referees are seeing and thinking out there. So. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much more time on it. I want to let the actual referee speak. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what you, what your opinion is as a, 
as an actual referee, what you think about this? I think I think for I think for when it comes to the conversation as well, I also think that they should go inside the the, the hood to actually know what the conversation is when it comes to the replay center in Toronto as well. Not necessarily do it live, but yeah. see what they talk about and then post it after the fact of why this is a goalie interference or or not when it comes to a review of a call as well. I don't think it should be just something that should be just a, a, a penalty that is just raising the arm up for a trip, but something that, especially when it comes to a review of why it was, especially if it, if a call is reversed, that's a, that you might not necessarily agree on. I mean, think about uh, game one of the Eastern conference final, Ryan Lomberg comes back and he, we're, we're having a different conversation possibly if the Panthers lose that game, uh, in, in which ended up being a quadruple overtime for, for the Panthers, but could have ended three hours earlier, and we could have all had some sleep too, obviously, after that game one yeah. with the Eastern Conference Final. But think about the different conversation that uh, we would have had about, about that game and, and having, to, having to discuss more about it. And I think, I think we could all, I mean, depending on the fan as well, uh, as as a person who who's a, a sports official as well, I and and as a person who's a human being and talks to these coaches and you get they, these coaches get a human side out of me. The fans that I the fans that I referee in front of, they don't they don't know the personal side of me and and why I process things the way that I do. And the same thing goes to these guys, the the TJ Luxmore, the West McCauley's, uh, you you name it. The the guys who are very known uh, for um in the in the in in the nhl you get to get more of a personal side of why they do and maybe maybe uh maybe a chance for a little bit of empathy as well for for why they do it's like okay maybe i do and maybe take our fan glasses off a little bit too when it when it comes to it as, as well so i think that it'll i think that it's a it's a great uh great idea for for the nhl to have uh i mean when when it comes to PR, when it comes to that, you know, if it's a if it's a really bad uh, call that even with a review they miss, the NHL will do all all they can to not put their referees in in that type of spotlight. So that's just that's just uh, that's just what the the nature of of public relations is at, at, at times when it, when it, when it comes to that. But I I don't I don't see any any I, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, the NHL is is behind when it comes to to catching up with the other sports leagues when it comes to when it comes to modernizing stuff so we're likely not going to see this in the nhl first if if anything it's the three other major sports that we're likely to see first before we see it in the nhl but the shl is setting a great example as far as uh progressing in, in this case I agree, and I think the the point you make on on just some empathy for from fans. I think I think the if the the greatest reason to actually consider this for the NHL is, is is that exact point. If a referee makes a bad call or misses a call or something, and they see the replay of it, and they go into their post game press conference and they take accountability and they say, "I don't have an excuse for that one. I missed it." I, it was a bad call. I made a mistake. I, I really think there'd be so much less hatred and 
and and disdain for referees. I think if if a referee has a chance to take accountability and even say, yeah, I, this wasn't my best night. I didn't have a great game today. Players do that all the time. And and fans don't hate players for a bad game. Uh, if anything, fans appreciate a player who takes accountability when their performances aren't up to par. And if a referee is given a chance to do that, uh, I think it shows the human side. And and you do get some empathy out of fans who who can maybe understand. It might have screwed my team tonight, but this referee took accountability for not being at his best tonight, and we can move on from it. And I think mm-hmm. the referees, I think referees deserve that opportunity. If I'm not mistaken, the NBA does a last two minute report, something like that. Yeah, um, I don't know if they still do it, but they do. Yeah, at, at least at least that could be a start in the NHL, uh, yeah. a, a, a final minute report, something like that, or last five minutes uh, for for um, the NHL. And it's crazy. I even think of Game Four of the of the Eastern Conference Final, where Gus Forsling is breaking out of the zone, and then Jordan Stahl trips him, but the hand goes up very late. Uh, as far as that, it was close to even not being called. Uh, I, I mean, that's also. To, to get put you into the brain of 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 an official processing a play as well it did um advantage slash disadvantage is is what the thought process is is like okay gus forsling clearly had it was disadvantaged when it come to, came to breaking out of the zone arm arm goes up so that could also be explained of why the call was made in, in that situation when it when it when it comes to to that as well. So that's that's uh, our thoughts on the on the NHL. Chances are they likely will not do it, but uh, still a conversation worth having here uh, on 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 this program. But we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're we're going to discuss how the, it is in fact PTO season uh, as as we are starting to see. A multitude of players signed PTOs elsewhere. We're going to ask the question, which are the players we would like to see the Florida Panthers possibly sign to a PTO? We're going to discuss this next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Wednesday, September 6th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So, Jacob, uh, this is the time of year where before prior to training camp where this is like the second wave of free agency where you're starting to see the older players who didn't get the chance to to cash in on on free agency even on a one year deal i mean the majority of teams are cap uh, are up against the cap as well i mean i hope that we see less of these uh come next next season but as of right now, there are 24 players who have been signed to a PTO, and it really basically started the last few weeks. Some notable names who have been signed to a PTO is Zach Cassian uh, with the Anaheim Ducks, Mark Pissick, former Panther, and Sam Gagne uh, going back to Edmonton. Spent a few years in uh, Detroit recently, but going back to the the Edmonton Oilers on a, on a PTO. And we've seen the We've seen the Florida Panthers play with this experiment last season with Eric Stahl. Unfortunately, had to release him from the PTO due to only ha- being able to carry 20 players. But with Ekblad going on LTIR, it gave him an opportunity to bring Eric Stahl back. So, But before we even get to the other names uh, that we w- would like to see un- um, sign possibly a PTO with the Panthers, is there is a player who is willing to end his Ironman streak uh, 
uh, in order to sign with the team. And that is right winger uh, Phil, Phil Kessel, as the first ever player to to play 1,000 consecutive NHL games, broke Keith Yandel's uh, record. And the fact that the Panthers could possibly bring in a Phil Kessel and the fact that he said that publicly as well is we don't have to have this PTSD when it came to the Panthers and their handling of Keith Yandel's uh, uh, Iron Man streak. So that's a that's a sigh of relief when, when it comes to that. Uh, and Phil Kessel, 35 years old, three-time Stanley Cup champion, a, a character guy too, is something that a, a locker room could need. I mean, even though the Florida Panthers do have their fair share of characters themselves, but w- w- would would you want to see the Panthers uh, sign Phil Kessel to a PTO? And if not, who who would be another person on your radar? So Phil Kessel's definitely a guy on the radar. Um, I think his accolades speak for themselves, and you can't really overlook him uh, if he is interested in playing, especially if he's willing to give up the Ironman streak, uh, because at this point in his career, I don't think he's an everyday player. Um, no. And that's not a knock on him uh, personally. It's just he's he's got a ton of mileage. Uh, he's, he's given his all to the game for a really long time, and uh, his offense is still there. It's just defensively he's, he's somewhat of a liability at this stage in his career, so you can't really play him every night. But if you need offense in a pinch, he's a guy that, that can give it to you. Um, and he can play on a variety of lines. Uh, so he, he's someone I would consider. Um, but when looking at the list of current free agents, there's a number of guys that are uh, bottom of the lineup, uh, grittier type players that I think you, you could take a look at. Uh, one of those guys who, who's not not one of those great, great guys, but if he's interested in a PTO, I would definitely look at uh, Tomas Tatar. Yes, uh, I, I have him written down too. I don't know that he would be interested in signing a PTO. I think he's probably he's he could probably still get a guaranteed offer. Um, so I don't know that he'd be interested in signing a PTO. But if he is looking to play in the right situation where he can compete, where he can win, um, and where if the Panthers are as expected going to use some long term IR cap space, uh, you could use it. You could get him on a PTO and then sign him to an actual contract as soon as the season starts and you have a player hit long term injured reserve. So. Tomas Tatar is a guy that I would look at. Um, other guys on my list, I've got Ethan Bear. Uh, I've got Adam Ernie. Um, I've got Tyler Mott, who's a guy that I really like as a bottom six option. Uh, so those are some of my some of my uh, early picks. And then just a couple more names to, to throw out there that I'd be interested in. Um, former Panther Derek Broussard is a guy that I would look at. Um, I've got another former Panther. Uh, not sure how realistic this one is, but... A uh, guy that I just personally liked when he was with the Panthers, Jace Howerluck. Um, I've got Ryan Dezingle. And uh, this one, this one, uh, obviously very unlikely to happen, but I feel like we owe it to him. Currently a free agent, Buddy Robinson. Get Buddy <laughs> in on a PTO. <laughs> we need Buddy Robinson. <laughs> so it's funny because I wrote Buddy Robinson, but I wrote XD as in laughing, a laughing uh uh, sense of it only played nine games last year, but the, yep. the one of the games that he did play uh, really helped the Panthers uh, get to the postseason. But so that would I would that would just be for giggles uh, and yep. all that. If, if, if but unlikely when it comes to that. Another one um, I have uh, Thomas Sitar on my list as well. Thirty two years old, still pretty young for for him. Yeah, average half a point a game, and it's like productive. you said, and and like you said. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's under the belief that he 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 believes that he probably still has a lot left 
that he could uh, um, get a, a guaranteed uh, contract one way. And maybe a team ponies up and, and offers something like that. But something that with the Panthers, for the most part, getting their lineup together and all that, I think that it could be – they probably maybe, no reporting on this, reached out to Tom, Thomas Tatar on that. Another one I do have is uh, Maxime Comtois, um, who was recently with the Anaheim Ducks. That's another one who 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 Interesting. Th- who is one that I would like to possibly see the Florida Panthers bring in. Still a young guy th- as well. Uh, Zach Parise, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm not interested in uh, Parise at, at his age uh, um, right now. But even though this guy is a uh, is around the same age as Zach Parise, just because he's someone who's played under Palm Race before and someone that we've spoken about last season uh, is uh, possibly Paul Stasny, um, who mm-hmm. you could never have enough center depth. And the fact that uh, the fact that you could, uh, even though Steven Lorenz is, uh, looks to be the fourth line center for, for the Panthers this coming season, no guarantees that Paul Stasny would make the team, but some, someone that would, uh, that would, uh, that would, uh, maybe be worth uh, bringing in at least uh, for uh, training camp. And the the guys like a Patrick Kane and a Jonathan Taze are out, out of the question. Uh, Patrick Kane is still looking for, for a, a, a one-way deal uh, as well as he's recovering from his injury. And Jonathan Taze already said that he is not going to be playing uh, this upcoming season. So those guys are out of the question. If you are looking at the notable free agents uh, here, there, there is, there is, there is one more that I, I wanted to ask you about personally. Um, and I don't know what his health status is currently because I know he there were reports of double hip surgery or something along those lines. But Jesse Puglia-Yarvi is currently a free agent. Uh, if his health permits, is that a guy you'd take a swing on uh, on a PTO or a short uh, one-year, two-way deal, see what he might be able to offer? It can't hurt. And, yeah, he was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes for a not-so-good return. They that, that yeah. uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, when he was traded, it was kind of like a depreciating asset, kind of like a car. Uh, the, the longer you had him on, on your team, the less value there was for, for him. And, really, he wasn't really a, a factor there with Carolina. Didn't play much there. But, I mean, he's a fourth overall pick for, for a reason, uh, too. So, there, there, and his game – his game was wasn't going with have being on the same line as Connor McDavid, and you know, at, at after a certain point, you kind of know who a person is, uh, and if you can't get going with Connor McDavid, I mean, it, that 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 speaks volumes. I mean, it's a very hesitant yes when it comes to when it comes to Jesse Poliari, but it would be very low expectations if they sign him to a PTO and he ends up being released. No surprises there. I'd agree with that. I think I think for me, it's 100% dependent on his health. If he's healthy enough to come in and training camp and, and contribute or at least try to make the team, I think he'd do it. Um, and my rationale for that is he's two years younger than Mason Marchment was when he broke out with the Panthers after doing really nothing uh, in his career before before the Panthers really unlocked him. And I see a lot of similarities in Pulio Yarby's game, his size, uh, his play style. I think if, if with the right coaching, the right the the right development plan, I think you could maybe not saying he could become Mason Marchment, but you could could actually turn him into a, a contributing part of a lineup. But it's one hundred percent health dependent, and if the reports are true that he did have double hip surgery and he might not be even might not even be ready for training camp or this season, then obviously you'd have to pass. Uh, mm-hmm. But if he's if he's healthy enough, uh, I don't I I think as far as this list goes, aside from maybe Ethan Bear. 
Uh, I can't think of anyone else on this list with more uh, possibly untapped potential. So it's someone I would look at for sure. Yeah, 6'4", 201 pound, definitely a guy who can bring uh, the physicality as, 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 as well. Uh, but yeah, it all health dependent when it comes to Jesse Pulley So uh, again, if we see that he's unsigned and not even to a PTO, then there's our answer based on uh, his his health. I don't think we'll need uh, national reports when it comes to the status of him for, for sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely know. But Jacob, I want to thank you so much for joining me once again on this Widens Wednesday edition of the show. Great to have you back stateside here and tell everybody where they can follow you online. Yep, you can follow me at uh, on X at Jacob Winans Eight. Um, definitely going to be talking Panthers hockey there, and back here next Wednesday. Awesome, man! Thank you so much, and see you next week, my friend. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And everydayers, make sure you come back for Friday's edition of the show, where it is a Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Weiner. And you've been listening to the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, with your team every day.